Oh, greetings, everyone. Ah, we are here. Let's get ready here. No up radio. Hey, thank you for joining me today. So great to spend time together studying the Word of God. <laughs> There's no better thing to study. It's incredible. You know why? It's a life changer. Wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to be moving today. We're going to be moving to the beat. going to be moving and grooving. Today we're going to begin a brand new series, and we're going to see how Jesus interacted with women. Now this may or may not seem important to you, but actually it introduced a new dynamic with how women were viewed in the ancient days and how it changed when his ministry began. In Middle Eastern society, women were viewed in a much different way than they are in the Western world. And parts of the Middle Eastern world have maintained the new way that Jesus introduced, but there's still parts that remained the same way for 2,000 years or more. Ladies, you can thank Jesus for raising you up. Now, in the Old Testament, there are some standouts as women that were treated differently. Deborah, Ruth, Esther. These were remarkable women. And, of course, the lady in Proverbs 31, right? The virtuous woman called the remarkable woman, okay? We've got those standouts. But for the most part, women weren't treated the best in the ancient days and even in the Middle East today. In the second century, there was a man named Ben Sirach, <clears throat> or Sirach. He was a Jewish scholar, and he authored many books, including the book of Ecclesiasticus, which is included in the collection of books known as the Apocrypha. The Apocrypha was removed from later editions of the Scriptures, but it does remain in the Bible of the Roman Catholic Church today. The Apocrypha books were removed because they were not believed to be inspired by God, and they included some unbiblical principles like praying for the dead, paying to have your sins forgiven, things like that. So this guy, Ben Sirach, he had a strong influence over the people of his day. And he made some statements about women that would cause one to <laughs> shake their head today. Oh, yeah. Here are some things that he said, and you can find this in his book. Here's what he said. This is not me. Okay, I'm just quoting to give you an idea what people thought back then. Okay? He said, Women could be good wives and mothers and ought to be respected. But if you don't like your wife, don't trust her. Huh? He said that. And Sirach 7.26, that's the, the reference. He said, be careful to keep records of the supplies you issued to her. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's in Sirach 43, 6 and 7. <laughs> he said, deed no property to her during your lifetime, and do not let her support you. 
That was in Sorok 3320. <laughs> oh, man, this guy. Women are responsible for sin coming into the world, he said, and their spite is unbearable. That was in Sirach 25.13. And then he said, Daughters were a total loss and a constant potential source of shame. A proverb of his, A man's spite is preferable to a woman's kindness. Man, you think this guy got married? Who'd marry this guy? I don't know. But how do those statements make you feel? They bothered me, and I'm not even female. It's amazing. Now, imagine being taught that when you went to church. What? Now, granted, this man lived after Jesus, but his writings were not divorced from the attitude of the day. And what was the attitude of the day? Women were consigned to the home. They could not speak to men in public. They were separate from the men in the synagogue, and they had no property rights. Now, unlike other rabbis, Jesus comes on the scene, oh, he's different. Oh, yeah, he's different in every way. First of all, Jesus had women disciples. You know that? You know, learning the scriptures in those days was reserved for the males. Until Jesus came on the scene, the word disciple appears one time as a female noun in the New Testament in Acts 9.36. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated in Greek is called Dorcas. So disciple is in the feminine form when it's applied to Tabitha. This woman was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. And by the way, the word disciple, it's interesting. It's mathetria, which speaks of a female disciple. Most other times, the word is mathetes, when it's used for disciples, because it often refers to men. So mathetes is the masculine form of disciple, but mathetria is the feminine form, and it's used one time. But it does show that women were disciples after Jesus came on the scene. Jesus promoted women to a much higher rank. In Matthew 12, 46, while he was still speaking to the crowds, behold, what's behold mean? Look at that. His mother and brothers are standing outside seeking to speak to him. Now, apparently, Jesus is holding a Bible study in a home filled with people. That's good news, right? Whenever you teach the Word of God, you want there to be a lot of people. Why? Because it's good for people. Verse 47, someone said to Jesus, Behold, look at that. Look at what? Look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak to you. In other words, Jesus, your family is here. They want to talk to you. Probably something like, Jesus, you got to stop with these miracles and casting out demons. That could be dangerous. you got to stop walking around, acting like God. Come home. Come home, Jesus. <laughs> then Jesus said something 
startling. That's why when you read the scriptures, right, read them carefully. Don't rush through. Read them carefully because you'll discover some things. In chapter 12, verse 41, Jesus answered the one who was telling him. The one who said, oh, Jesus, your, your mother and brothers are outside. Jesus said, who is my mother? And who are my brothers? And stretching out his hands toward his disciples, he said, Behold, my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father who is in heaven, he is my brother and sister and mother. Oh, it's like, take that, Ben Sirach. <laughs> what did Jesus add? Sister. When the guy said, Jesus, your mother and brothers are here. Jesus said, whoever does the will of my father, he is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus added, sisters. When the announcement was made that his family was outside, they didn't even mention his sisters. They just excluded him. Why? Because in that culture, in that time, they were rather put on the back burner, ignored. The people would have expected to hear, here are my brothers and maybe uncles and cousins. But he said, oh no, here's my mother and sisters and brothers. So this tells us the house was filled with men and women. That when Jesus was teaching, that there were women there too, because he said, look, at these are my Mothers and brothers and sisters. And why does Jesus include women? Because everybody needs the Word of God. Everybody. Nobody's left out. Tell me, who doesn't need the Word of God? Children? No, they need it. Wives? They need it. Husbands? They need it. Mothers? Fathers? They need it. Bosses? They need it. Employees, they need it. Salesmen, merchants, everybody needs it. There's nobody left out. Governing officials really need the Word of God. Don't you wish more governing officials had scriptural knowledge and a scriptural basis for the laws they pass? Oh, things would be different. They'd be so much better. There'd be no abortions. There'd be no confusion with genders. There'd be no corrupt, oh, no corruption. Are you kidding me? Corruption is rampant. Why? Because people don't know the Word of God. That's why. You put scriptures in there, man, everything will change. So Jesus, you know, he had female followers and supporters too. Yeah. There were women that supported him. As a matter of fact, when we get to Luke chapter 8 and verse 1, it says, soon afterwards, proclaiming and preaching the kingdom of God, the twelve were with him. Okay, we know who they are, right? The twelve disciples. But wait, also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. You know, I've been watching The Chosen. I hope you're watching that, that series on the life of Christ. And you'll notice, I think, I think they do a very good job. And the disciples that follow Jesus, there are some women there too. Yeah, there's a few women with the disciples. 
and they're all following Jesus together. I consider that series to be very biblically accurate. You know, there's a lot of Bible shows out, and they're not accurate. Really not. There's so many, I don't know, just missteps. But this one seems to really be with it. It's really, it's not only informative, it's entertaining. It really is. I'd encourage you to download the app, The Chosen, and watch it. And you're going to see the women with the other disciples. They're all following after Jesus. So that's why verse 2. Also, some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. Mary, who was called Magdalene. Why was she called Mary Magdalene? Because she was from the town of Magdala. Sometimes they call people from the place they were from. Mary the Magdalene. Joe the American. Why? Because he's from America. Okay? So Mary Magdalene, she's from Magdala. Magdalene wasn't her last name. It's the town she was from. She had seven demons. Let me tell you something. If Jesus cast seven demons out of me, I wouldn't leave his side. <laughs> I'm trying not to leave his side anyway. But this lady was devoted because she knew. Oh, her life was torment until she met Jesus. I think she stands for a lot of people. I think a lot of people, their lives are torment until they met Jesus. And then something happens. Everything changes. Who else was following Jesus? Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward. I'm like, wow, somebody from Herod's house? That dirty rat, Herod, he was a nut? And his servant's wife, she's a disciple? Wow. And then Susanna and many others who were contributing to their support out of their private means. What? We got some ladies that are donating to the mission of Jesus. So these women not only follow Jesus, but they help support him financially. Wow. It shows that, guess what? They were in a place where they could earn money. Think about that. In verse 1, Notice, remember we said he began going around from one city and village to another? Now, three things about this verse. When Jesus traveled from one village to another, women could travel with men, but they had to spend the night with relatives. Now, wait a minute. We don't know what these women did that followed Jesus. Perhaps they slept under the stars like everyone else. Because Jesus, I mean, you know, when he traveled from village to village, what are the odds of them having relatives in every village? Probably slim to none. So the women probably would out under the stars, just like everybody else was. Wow. Secondly, the women are providing resources which are under their own control. They got their own money. You know what I believe? I hope you believe this. I think some men don't. I don't know. Every woman should have her own money. She should. And for the woman that's married and doesn't have a job, her husband should give her money. She should have her own personal money so she can go out and buy the things that she needs without having to ask every time she wants something. Well, I gotta buy makeup. I gotta buy stockings. I gotta buy shoes. No, she should have her own money, an allowance, basically. 
a mature allowance, say, here's money for you, this is your money, and you go out and you spend it on you the way you want. That's how it should be, because they don't have an income from a job, but yet they keep the home, so they should have an income from their husband for keeping the home. I think that's a good idea. So, that's what I do. Anyway, okay. Now, thirdly, Luke the writer, Luke was not a disciple, but he was a researcher. So when he wrote his gospel, he did a lot of research, like a doctor, right? If a doctor wants to find a cure for something, he does a lot of research. He needs a lot of truth. Then he comes up with the cure. So Luke was like that. He researched the life of Christ. He interviewed people. He interviewed the disciples, some of them. And he came up with the gospel of Jesus called the gospel of Luke. Now, Luke wants his readers to know who sponsored the Jesus movement. That's why he mentioned the names of the women. And it's like he's saying, take that, Ben Chirac. <laughs> you, the guy that thinks women should be in the back burner. Second class. Lock them up in the house. Barefoot and pregnant, right? Looks like, no, man, these ladies... They were very instrumental in the ministry of Jesus. Very instrumental. And you know, when we get to the New Testament epistles, there are women there too, man. They were awesome. Oh, yeah. They were awesome. Servants of God. So many women that were just like sold out for the cause of Christ. They opened up their homes for churches. They were servants to the apostles. They donated money. I mean, man. And even today, Look at the churches. Where would the churches be without the women? <laughs> Many times they're the backbone of the church. Sometimes it's like, where are the men? Wake up, you men. Get some spine. Get some backbone. Don't the ladies carry the burden. Oh, without the women in the church, it'd be a very weak church. So G thank Jesus that he raised them up 2,000 years ago. And the, the saying is true. You've come a long way, baby. <laughs> now, Mary, you know Mary, was a true disciple. Mary, the sister of Martha. We're in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. See, Luke liked to mention women's names. Why? To give them the credibility that they deserved. And to undo a lot of the stigma that was put upon them. So, in verse 38, as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. Now, you might be familiar with the story of Mary and Martha. Mary was seated at his feet. That's the position of a disciple. They want to get around close. Probably didn't have a lot of furniture in those days. So they sat at the feet. You know, Paul said in Acts 22, he said, I am a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel. What does that mean at the feet of Gamaliel? Well, it means that he was there as a student. A student sat at the feet. Now, it's interesting. Most translations preserve the phrase, but the New American Standard did not put in at the feet. 
He just, but he was a student. Why? I don't know. But at the feet signifies a student, someone that wants to learn. So here's Martha. She's serving, but Mary's learning. Martha complains that Mary is listening while Martha's cooking, and she tells Jesus, send Mary into the kitchen. Tell her to help me. You got you, Jesus, and 12 disciples. I got to make, like, all these sandwiches, all these food. Tell Mary to come and help me. And you know, you know what Jesus said. Martha, Martha, you are distracted. And Mary is not. Haha, <laughs> isn't that something? She was cooking. Mary was learning. But Martha was the one that was distracted. Why? Because a good student, a good lesson, is more important than a good meal. And I take my hat off to those of you who go to church without dinner. Sometimes you work, you work all day, and you want to get to midweek service, and you have to make a choice. Do I go home and eat, or do I go to church? And many people go right to church. Why? Because a good lesson to you is better than a good meal. You'd rather have the lesson than the meal. My hat goes off to you. So Jesus is defending Mary's right to avoid the kitchen and become what? A disciple? See, women, because of Jesus, became disciples of rabbis. Jesus has broken down the tradition that separates men and women. He broke down that dividing wall. Didn't Paul say that in a letter? That he's broken down every wall? He said there's no difference now between Jew and Gentile, male and female, bond and free. We're all one in Christ. So as you can see, women gained a place of prominence under Jesus' ministry. They were welcomed. They were accepted. They were disciples. They were supporters of this new Jesus movement. They were. They helped support it. It's incredible. I mean, you think about it. Jesus is a world changer. He really is. And I think of people in the Middle East right now how, oh man, I, I want to be tasteful, but it's almost barbaric the way they're treated today. It's still back in the old days where the ladies, they have no rights. You know, in some Middle Eastern countries, they can't go to school. They can't drive a car. They got to wear a hood over their head. I mean, they're just deprived of so much. They're deprived of life. And Jesus comes on the scene and says, no, we're going to live. I've come to set you free. And that's what he did. He set us all free. And there's freedom in Christ. That's why we need to, the Gospels. Oh, you know, if you like these programs, I don't know, maybe you can like figure out a way to share them. Or get people to tune in. Because they need to learn about Jesus. Jesus is the agent of freedom in this life. Without Christ, you'll never know true freedom. But with Christ, you can be free indeed. So ladies, look what he did. Hats off. 
And a big thank you to those that keep the church going. Oh, they do so many things. So many ministries that the women have. Keeping the church alive. Keeping it going. And you know what? We've got to bring it all the way back 2,000 years ago to the Lord Jesus. He's the one that opened up the door. He's the one that got it going. And now let's keep it going. And that's why, men, Jesus respected women. And men today, yeah, even in America, they need to respect women. Even today, in our modern society, they're not respected in many circles like they should be. Sometimes in the, in the, in the Christian home, they're not respected. That's not right. At the office, they're not respected. That's not right. Wherever they find themselves in public sometimes, they're not respected. That's not right. Oh, let me tell you something. No one ever hurt, no one ever better hurt what Jesus loves. <laughs> Don't do that. Jesus loves the women. He calls them sisters. And you never want to hurt somebody that Jesus loves. He loves the children, right? If anybody harms one of these little ones, it was better a millstone was hung around his neck and he was drowned in the sea. Don't touch, don't you dare hurt the children. Don't you dare hurt the women. And you know what? He loves the men too because we're all part of the body of Christ. We're all one in Christ and he loves his body. That's us. So there has to be a mutual respect. We should all have a mutual respect for each other, love for each other, not pointing the finger, not demeaning each other, because we are all one. Leave that to the world. Yeah, let people that don't know Christ, let them do that. But our place is to respect one another. More fun that way, isn't it? Of course it is. Hey, that's it for today, New Hope Radio. Have you joined the Hope Club? Listen, you can get a daily devotional every day in your mailbox, Monday to Friday. Go to newhopecc.tv, click giving, then e-giving, choose the radio fund, commit $3 a week, boom, you're in. By the way, if you want to email us, newhoperadio, the number seven, at gmail.com. Got a comment, got a question? New Hope Radio 7 at gmail.com. You can contact us and we'll meet you right there and answer any question or comment that you might have. All right, so join the Hope Club. It's really good. And I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.